Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCube. Let's start by saying that there will be spoilers. Possibly, maybe, I don't know. If I knew, it would mean I had a plan, which I don't. Obviously. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh, man. Oh, silly, silly Jordan. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, because those are things that are good for podcasts. It's what keeps them alive and well. <clears throat> Clearing throat. <clears throat> I think... That will take us to the point of the show where I push a button and we get started. Gonna try to stick to the timer today. I know I always friggin' say that and rarely do, but today I mean it. Ugh. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Voodoo Adult. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, as you are no doubt aware, loyal listener, if such a thing exists, uh, today we're talking movie the first, Highlander, colon, The Source. Oh, the fifth in the Highlander franchise. I do believe... That this is a sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of made-for-TV movie. At the very least, uh, we're, we're leaving Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod behind and moving on to Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Uh, you may know him if you watched the television program Highlander, which I think I, I must have mentioned that I did watch it uh, a fair bit. Like, I'd probably, all told, seen 20-some-odd episodes. I don't know how many seasons it was. I wasn't uh, a religious watcher. It, it kind of had that. I can almost 100% guarantee that it was filmed in Vancouver. Uh, it it's very much has a feel of a sort of Canadian-made... Not that there's anything wrong with that. I am a Canadian. <laughs> uh, it, it just has a certain feel to it, the show did. Kind of like uh, Kung Fu The Legend Continues. Uh, I believe that was filmed in Toronto, if I do recall. In fact, uh, my dad was a cop, and I think he mentioned that... Uh, oh, shit, what the fuck is his name? Uh, hung himself. Uh, not very nice legacy there. Legacy of Kane. Uh, anyways, that guy uh, was a bit of a, a shit disturber in general, which I guess comes as no surprise. Okay, that's a little off topic. Uh, f the final Highlander movie. Yep, it sure was, I guess. 
<laughs> these things they range in quality uh they range in what the fuck is going on i have no idea stories seemingly somehow connected the only thing is that is connected is there's people fighting with swords and when their heads are cut off shit happens and other than that these stories uh, let me see <laughs> it's only a one line description in imdb which is shocking to me Duncan MacLeod and his fellow immortals quest to locate the grail of their world. I don't... What? <laughs> I don't remember that. And I watched this movie. So that's just a sort of indication of what you're in for. Uh, Rating-wise, it's not very good. <clears throat> if you're big into Highlander, which uh, I have a certain love of the Highlander franchise and the, the story, such as it is, even I had a little trouble. Uh, I'd go two and a half, maybe three. Maybe there's an odd four moment where something cool happens. Uh, yeah. The convoluted rating? Yes. But it is my rating. Moving on to a documentary. Very far from the Highlander, we're moving into Sour Grapes. Uh, based on, well, it's a documentary. Do I have to say based on a true story? I don't think I do, but I did. Uh, this movie is a documentary about the fine and rare wine auction market catering around a counterfeiter who befriended the rich and powerful and sold millions of dollars of fraudulent wine through the top auction houses. Uh, so yeah, it's the story of that. Why did I just read that? I don't know. Uh, this, this does what a good documentary should do, which is take a subject that you may or may not really have any interest in, like, I'm not a wine queen a sewer. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Oh, shit. Man, the double brain fart. Uh, whatever they call someone who knows wine. V uh, Vintner? No. I should know that. I feel bad. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to take a mark off of my score. I was going to give it a four. Now I'm going to give it a three. Because I don't remember. Moving on to Captain Fantastic. Ah, this one I very much enjoyed. Uh, in the forest of the Pacific Northwest, a father devoted to raising his sixth kid with a rigorous physical and intellectual education is forced to leave his paradise, paradise, and enter the world, challenging his idea of what it means to be a parent. This stars uh, Viggo Mortensen, who I feel like I haven't seen in a while, but uh, that's sort of a shame because I can't think of any example of a movie he's in that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed, so I'd like to see more of him. It's, gonna, it's definitely got a sort of indie vibe to it, despite the big name of Viggo. And some other names you will recognize, no doubt. Uh, so he's got, did I say six kids? He's got a bunch of little kids. They're living sort of hippie commune not commune no it's sort of hippie style in the woods learning to fend for themselves learning to live off the land um their mother fucking timer uh their mother is uh then uh, she dies and uh he's got to sort of come to terms with that very emotional movie uh, lots of laughs. Uh, this is sort of probably when people think of homeschooled kids. This is probably both an argument for and against uh, that that sort of situation. So 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 good on that. Uh, like they're very very smart, but their social skills are not exactly present. Uh, rating wise, five out of five. Yeah, no no questions asked. Uh, really really great movie. Great Sunday movie. 
Captain. Fantastic. Uh, do I have two left or one left? Yeah, frig. I have two left and I'm already out of time. Okay, so we'll do the last two quick because, as I said, wanted to stick the timer, but I fucking suck at it. You know who doesn't suck at timers? Um, Segway, uh, uh, Nicholas Cage, and National Trekker, National Trekker. Oh my god, I just should push stop and then burn this tape, even though it's not a tape, it's an MP3. Burn, burn my laptop. It's not a laptop either. It's a, it's a fucking. Oh, you're hearing a mental breakdown. I think is what's happening. <clears throat> just like. Uh, uh, Nicolas Cage has been known to do in movies, but not this one because it's a Disney movie. National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Yes, pulled it all around. Rating-wise, this one's bad. Uh, I seem to have a, uh, maybe a fun memory of the first National Treasure. Some cool things happened. This, uh, so many points. I said, come on. Really? That's That's what's happening now? Uh, Benjamin Gates, Nicholas Cage, must follow a clue left in John Wilkes Booth's diary to prove his ancestors' innocence in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Yep, that's what happens, all right. Did I give my rating? I go like a two. Yeah, not good. Okay, last but not least, uh, Jimi Hendrix, colon, Voodoo Child. <laughs> Excuse me, another documentary. This, uh, um... Uh, this is a good way to do a documentary about someone who is no longer with us. Because what they did was took writings he had, seemingly journal writings, and then sort of uh, created uh, a movie using both that uh, and someone narrating from his point of view. So someone who kind of sounded a little like Jimi Hendrix, a little bit. Uh, and then footage from various interviews and stuff like that, and sort of melded it all together into... Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. How much did I enjoy it? I'll go a solid 4 out of 5. Uh, a lot of it perhaps had to do with they played a lot of his music, and I'm a big Jimi Hendrix fan, so there's that. There's that. What the fuck? Okay, so you heard that. That was me fucking the timer up now. What is going on? Oh, yeah. I, I, and see, now I'm trying to fix it. I don't know if I have. We'll just have to wait. And... <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, yep. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Beards. Beards. Okay, uh, we're going to be talking a new program that the Mrs. and I started watching. Always on the prowl for a show that we can both enjoy. Now, I find there's shows that are sort of... They're kind of down the middle, not really exciting. Like, not usually shows that I would... Uh, just sit down and watch myself. And this does fall into that category. Uh, that being said, I have enjoyed what I've seen of it so far, which is maybe six episodes or so. The television program I'm in question is called Mountain Men. Mountain Men. As you can guess, it's about uh, 
uh, men who live in the mountains. It is on the History Channel. I don't know how this is history. If it was f talking about men uh, in the past who used to live in the mountains, famous mountain men, if you will, then it would make sense. But no. It's talking about modern day men who are living in that sort of rugged Captain Fantastic lifestyle. Well, how about that for combining two uh, things into one? Of sort of living off the land, uh, living in the middle of the nowhere, of the nowhere. Oh my god. Folks, I don't know what is happening to me this episode. This is the most things that have gone wrong in one episode, other than ones that have just have not recorded. So, I guess I got that going for me, because I can see that it is recording. The little lines in my Audacity software are moving. Anyways, uh, so uh, a group of, they're all Americans, which uh, I wish they had thrown a Canadian there, in there, that would have been nice, because Canadian wilderness makes up some of the most wild wilderness in the world, just period. Uh, they do have a couple of people in Alaska, though, and uh, all over, primarily places where you would probably think mountain men lived. Uh, some of them are by themselves, some of them are with friends, some of them are with family. Uh, I, I like the kind of by themselves ones, just for the reason that I, I'm 100% positive I'm not alone in this thought that all humans probably have at some point in their life, and maybe I'm making an incorrect assumption, but that is, we all have sometimes that desire to just get away from it all. Uh, just to move into the woods and live off the land. <laughs> now, uh, most of us probably quickly realize that we would die, and that is not a good idea, but uh, there is always that idea in the back of your head that just being a hermit in the middle of nowhere and not dealing with uh, modern life has uh, a certain romantic appeal to it, and uh, these these dudes, these mountain men, are doing just that. Um... Some of the things that they seem to have in con common, uh, a lot of them are uh, hunting, uh, not even so much hunting as trapping, uh, which is sort of fascinating because part of their trapping is for food to eat, but uh, the other part of it is to sell the furs, which I didn't really think that was a thing that uh, went on necessarily. Like there's one uh, one old guy <laughs> beaver hunting, which you know that's that's a funny profession uh, for various uh, innuendo-y reasons. But uh, like he's hunting the beaver to eat, sure, but also to sell the pelts. Which like who's buying beaver pelts now? And and he was happy enough to find the beavers that I'm assuming that there's there's some good money in them. He had a really cool cabin, that guy. Uh, there's a, there's the dangers of falling in cold water. That seems to also be a sort of theme throughout. All in all, uh, I think it's safe to say that this will, watching the show will do one of two things. Make you think, yeah, I could do that. Uh, I wish I was these guys. Or, as in the case of the missus and I, uh, will sort of wash away that thought of, oh yeah, I could do that. Uh, let me, let me add her. Uh, so, something I would sort of, with a caveat, with an asterisk do, is is be one of the, these guys, but also have a super fast internet connection with uh, Amazon Prime account. And then you could probably uh, count me in.
the Dewey Decimal System. Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is not a book banter sponsor at all. It is rather one of the very rare double movie monologue sponsors, and it is Kim Jong Il Awesome Sauce. Yes, you heard it here. Double movie monologue. Two things happened that made this double movie monologue possible, and that is I didn't finish my book, and I watched way more movies than I normally did. So, uh, I've got one, two, three, four, another five movies to talk about. Jesus Christ, I watch a lot of movies. Uh, movie the first of this section, sixth overall, I do believe, is Hush. 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 Why am I saying it like Christopher Walken? And I'm not even meaning to do that. <clears throat> it's the throat. A deaf writer who retreated into the woods. Uh, yeah, see, combining things together. Uh, to live a solitary life must fight for her life in silence when a masked killer appears at her window. Uh, the masked killer part true although technically true uh quickly untrue as he takes his mask off as soon as he sort of learns that she's a deaf mute yeah not just deaf but mute as well uh so can't like call for help or anything like that she's she sort of says i haven't seen your face i won't report you if you just leave doesn't say it writes it in lipstick on a on a on a door and then he takes his mask off. That part was actually pretty creepy. Because then you know he's like, yeah, I am going to kill you. Uh, then it's just that sort of classic um, man trying to kill a woman. But in an entire long movie. So, you know, period. Full stop. Uh, this was one I watched with the missus. It was her request. I didn't get her rating. But I, uh, we both sort of... We we said, yeah, that was a pretty good movie. So uh, rating-wise, I'll go 3 out of 5. Enjoyed while watching. Probably wouldn't watch again. Some good twists, some turns. Uh, overall, if you've seen a man try to kill a woman for 90 minutes, you've seen this movie. Uh, next is Crimes and Misdemeanors from Mr. Woody Allen, 1989. Uh, something that often comes up in a situation like this is separating the man who's not such a nice man and some of the things he's done in his life from the work. Uh, sometimes easier said than done, but uh, at least make the attempt. Uh, rating wise, uh, you know what? I have to take up, I probably would have gone four, but you know what? Uh, I got... 20 hot minutes, half an hour into this movie before realizing I'd seen it before. So for that reason, I gotta take a mark off. Because in a really good movie, that wouldn't happen. So I'm gonna bring it down to a three. Sadness for Mr. Woody Allen. Uh, next is The Bronze, which is the name of the bar from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I've just realized. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about a foul-mouthed former gymnastic bronze medalist with local celebrity status reluctantly trains a rising Olympics aspirant. Yeah, uh, this is a comedy. Um, Melissa Rauch, R-A-U-C-H, is the titular bronze winner. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was very, very good. I I don't think I've ever seen her in anything, but uh, this has a very, very strong reminiscent feel of Napoleon Dynamite. Take out Napoleon, put in this girl, and you'll see a lot of similarities for that reason. And the reason that I laughed out loud a lot, uh, perfect Sunday movie because there's some, some sadness, some weirdness. You got Gary Cole in there, Thomas Middleditch, Middleditch, uh, all sorts of good stuff. Go five out of five. Yeah, great movie. Very much enjoyed it. Moving on to the last movie, Under the Sun, uh, a propaganda documentary about North Korea that reveals a few hidden facts because the director continues filming between the scripted scenes. So that right there is just fascinating. Was the director Vitaly Manskly? Was he or she, I guess, uh, Korean? I, I would assume is North Korean. So basically, the government, because in North Korea the government controls all, uh, wanted to create a, a propaganda film about. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell because they've edited it differently, but I assume about what it's like to be a child in North Korea and how awesome it is. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know what would be fascinating? To see this edited as an actual propaganda film and then see another version of this actual movie of the sort of behind the scenes. Because they're not actually filming anything... Uh, how do you explain this? The, they're not—they're just not cutting, almost. They're, they're filming what they would normally, but then not cutting out parts where, like, uh, it's a family sitting down to dinner, and then normally you would cut out the part where the the people from the government come in and out and say action and look all mean and scary and shit. Uh, stuff like that, or they 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 add sad music, whereas. I guarantee they wouldn't add sad music. And then there's sort of long, sad shots. And uh, it's really incredible. I I, I wish somehow, someway, you could see both versions. This version alone will blow your mind a little bit. uh, Just about what's going on in North Korea. But uh, I think the two of them somehow together. Like uh, maybe uh, do scene for scene. Uh, this is the scene that, uh, as it was created for the propaganda film, this is the scene as I created it for this film. That that sort of idea would be really incredible. Uh, if they had done that, would have gone five out of five. Otherwise, uh, I'll just go three because interesting, but uh, depressing to the degree, and and sad and shocking to the degree that my desire to watch it again is not really there, which that's more of a fault of my own so convoluted rating completed Today's game Gavin sponsor is G'day! Good Dead Alien Yogurt. G'day! Okay, we have a two! Oh, very sometimes doesn't happen. Uh, uh, Games for this game, Gavin. The first being a game called The Ball. And we're not just talking rolling a ball back and forth or being locked in a cell and bouncing it uh, against the opposite uh, wall. No. 
Oh my god. We're talking about uh, a video game called The Ball in which you find yourself uh, sort of underground in an ancient civilization that has sort of been unearthed. You're, you're thrust into it uh, and you find this gun-looking thing. But is it a gun? No. What it is is... Well, there's the double is... Uh, is <laughs> it lets you create this giant ball. So say you're six foot tall, uh, your character in the game. The ball is like seven foot tall, uh, seven foot around uh, or, or so. And it's like giant, It's it's got heft to it. Uh, it's like a giant rock ball, seemingly. But it's magical, and you use the gun to uh, attract the ball towards you. Uh, and sort of move it around. Uh, it's basically a puzzle game with exploration uh, and then some fighting as well because uh, eventually you come across some inhabitants of this thought-dead underground ancient civilization, alien in origin, perhaps, uh, and then uh, they try to kill you so you have to run them over with a fucking giant rock ball thing. Okay, so all that sounds awesome. Uh, I started playing it, I had a lot of fun, until I had my first uh, death, I think it was at the hand of an alien, no, I don't even think it was, I think it was like some dumb thing, like just fell into a hole or a spike trap or something like that, like I was, I was cooking along pretty good, uh, and my problem was the save feature, or lack thereof. Now this is a this is a sort of a rule I think video games should have either be able to save at any time, or uh, your game is saved automatically uh, often. Uh, this game decided to go with neither of those routes, so that when I died, uh, I would have had to restart and redo probably at least a half an hour of game that I had just completed. And that is not fun. There's no reason to do that. People say, yeah, difficult, fun. You could be difficult and not mind-numbingly so. So when that happened, when I realized the fact that this save feature was so f fucked up, I said, you know what? That's it. I'm not playing anymore. And I moved on to the Solus Project. S-O-L-U-S. This is... Uh, I forget where I saw it. Uh, I did read this somewhere, but I can't remember where. It's like a spiritual successor to The Ball. So from, uh, I guess, the same Teotl Studios. Yeah, Teotl Studios. Okay, yeah, so I'm from the same developer. Which makes sense. Uh, this game, I am pleased to announce... Uh, just as fun, if not funner, and uh, the saving you can sort of control a little more. So, uh, and I don't think I've died yet. Or did I die? Yeah, maybe I did die. But but still, much, much better to the degree where uh, I'm still playing it. Uh, I played for like, geez, six, eight hours, and uh, I'm still having fun, and I plan to go back and try to beat it. It's a little bit like mist. Uh, really, really old. Well, not really old, but uh, an old sort of point-and-click adventure uh, in that you're searching around and trying to solve the puzzle of uh, you landed on a, a planet and you're trying to signal the rest of humanity 
uh, you're trying to figure out how you your your ship crashed. You're just trying to figure out. Let's just underline that. You're a person trying to figure stuff out, uh, like you were in Mist. Uh, and like Mist, uh, I've sort of reached a part where I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to do next. So uh, there is a potential that I'll have to look online. Uh, I haven't had to resort to it yet. Uh, one, since we're out of time. Uh, so rating-wise for the ball, started off four-ish, maybe even five-ish it was headed. And then went down to like a fucking pissed off one. Uh, Solace so far. Uh, fours and threes. Uh, some cool five moments even. Oh, you know what? I want to tell you one one cool five freaky moment. That's fucking freaky shit, man. Uh, similar to the ball. Sort of a, a an ancient, long dead underground civilization. So you're not on earth this time though you're on another planet and uh there was one point where i was in this room or series of rooms where there was like these dolls uh maybe a foot high if that uh, and they're just sort of dolls lying around a whole bunch of them now creepy yes but what's even creepier is that when you are looking at them they don't move <laughs> but when you turn around and look back they had sort of moved towards me and i gotta say the first time i saw that fucking scared the shit out of me man uh yeah uh, and, and then you sort of play around with it where at one point i had like probably a dozen of them where i would just sort of turn around and then turn back and see what they had done and uh pretty pretty creepy shit uh you know don't blink not even once uh cool stuff probably potentially we'll talk about it more in next game gavin but we'll uh we'll have to see play it by ear we will Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Virtual Mother Alarm, which is a, an alarm you can set while playing virtual reality where your mom pops up and says it's time to come back to the real world and do some chores. Virtual Mother Alarm. Okay, uh, first and foremost, before I forget, because it's not anywhere in my notes, I uh, wanted to give a special uh, shout-out, uh, thank you, whatever, mention thing, to uh, the Magic Tavern, because uh, I didn't plan on talking about it, but literally before I started recording, maybe two minutes, I finished the most recent episode, in which they had guest Felicia Day. So uh, that was pretty freaking awesome. I uh, love Felicia Day. have spoken about her on this podcast many times. read her book, in fact, and talked about it not too long ago. So uh, very cool to hear her on one of my favorite podcasts. So just uh, sort of a, a mention there that if you are looking to jump on to that podcast, uh, I, I think that would be a good episode because I felt like uh, uh, the host, Artie Neekamp, uh, he kind of felt like uh, he knew that with Felicia Day coming on, he knew the potential for a lot of new listeners was there. So he took a little time at the top of the show to sort of explain what's going on in the world, which was uh, smart of him. And the show was good. 
Okay, so uh, it wasn't even in my notes, but uh, because it was fresh in my brain, fresh in my brain, which is not working today, obviously, I thought I would mention it. So let's move on to the official stuff. Uh, kind of funny games. Greg's mom tries PlayStation VR. Okay, so uh, anyone who's as interested in VR as I am has watched a shit ton of VR footage. Various video game peoples on the internets playing VR, talking about VR, seeing them play VR and talk about VR. Uh, it's all good. It's all interesting. Uh, it all has piqued my interest that was already piqued. It's, it's furtherly piqued it. Uh, but what they did at Cut Funny Games, which is a YouTube channel and a website and what have you, uh, is got one of the guys' momses <laughs> uh, to come on and play uh, VR, which was friggin', that's a genius move because uh, it lets you sort of experience it through her eyes to a little bit. And someone who is perhaps not as jaded with the whole VR thing, uh, just sort of a fresh perspective, uh, really was an incredible thing to see. Uh, it was smart, it was funny. I laughed, I cried, you know, the whole the, the whole range of emotions was there. I didn't actually cry, <laughs> excuse me, but I did laugh a lot. Because uh, she was a, a sort of a, a sp- <laughs> I was going to say spicy old woman. But, uh, you know, she, she's got moxie kid, is what I believe a term from her era, most likely. Uh, so I recommend that. Uh, good seeing her play that scary game uh, where it's like a roller coaster, but spooky. You know, that one. Uh, okay, next, moving on to Geek and Sundry. Oh, that's weird. Just talking about Felicia Day. Didn't plan that. Uh, they've got a new show called Worthy Opponents, in which uh, two people play Hearthstone, uh, and then uh, two people j- uh, uh, judge. They don't judge. They uh, um, uh, they help the other people j- train, coach. They coach is the word I'm looking for. Jesus Christ, this, honestly, I I don't know what happened to this episode. I'm still debating burning my house down just to get rid of all evidence of it. (sighs) Uh, I've started playing, the reason I sort of like this and wanted to talk about it is because I've uh, recently started playing Hearthstone. Oh, you know what? should save that for a game Gabin. That would make more sense. Moving on to Crazy, Crazy, Crazy Russian Hacker colon how to pick a padlock okay so uh this was uh, i forget how i came across this uh it was fascinating on two levels uh i I was sort of curious about how to pick a padlock hey why not learn that skill i almost feel like after watching this video that i could do it at the very least i now know how the inner workings of a padlock work so given enough time if i was in a situation where uh like if i had to do it in a rush or I'd be killed, I'd be killed. But if I had enough time, I could probably do it. I feel like after watching this video. So that's impressive right there. Uh, the, the crazy Russian part is the guy who does the video is seemingly a crazy Russian. Uh, and uh, he had a really good, he, he just sort of had a, like a good upbeat attitude about the whole thing. Uh, who made it sort of a, what could be a boring instructional video made it more interesting. So uh, I appreciate that. You crazy Russian. The Russian and Canadian a lot in common, I feel like, with the whole uh, drinking and cold thing. Uh, uh, okay, next we have, uh, how did this get made? Lawnmower Man. Yeah, that's uh, that's a 
spicy meatball. Back to spicy. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Lawnmower Man, uh, you'll realize that it's about time that they talked of it on the podcast, How Did This Get Made? Which is a podcast trying to discuss bad movies and how they actually got made. This one, I don't know. And after listening, I still don't know. Uh, okay, so as you heard, we're out of time, so I'll just mention it and say it was a good one. And don't watch Lawnmower Man. Uh, too crazy. Just too crazy. Uh, lastly, I was there too. The squibbing. Ah, you know what? Because I'm out of time and I like saying the squibbing, we're going to end on that. Other than to say, watch it. The squibbing, that is. Squibbing, squibbing. Folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper